Hello and welcome to episode 384 of the VegGrow podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I can in my allotment and garden. Coming up a little bit later on, I'm going to be chatting to Ellen Mary about how gardening can help our well-being. And with what we've gone over in the last year, I think gardening has really shown us just how beneficial gardening can be. But before that, of course, we have the diary with what I've been up to over this last week. So it is Saturday the 13th of February 2021. I'm just down on my allotment inside my greenhouse or granddad's greenhouse as I like to call it because it's bitterly cold outside. We've had a very, very, very cold week this week and it certainly has taken its toll on the allotment. So what I mean by that is when I came down here this morning, I noticed that the ground is actually frozen rock solid. And it's very rare that our ground here ever gets that cold. So it was quite, a, quite an eye-opening experience. Now what this means is that because the ground is frozen is I can't really work anything with the soil. One, because it's so hard to dig or try and hoe or do anything with because it's like digging through concrete or trying to hoe through concrete. It is rock hard. And the other reason, of course, is that it might damage the soil structure, which is something I don't want to do. I'm very precious about looking after my soil here. Now, another thing that I've noticed is that some of my plants that grow outside, they grow outside all winter long, or are meant to grow outside all winter long, I should also say, have been a bit frostbitten. For example, my globe artichoke, which is uh, invincible, it grows, it grows, it grows, it dies back in the summer, grows back in the winter. That is really looking like it's been hit hard by frost or cold. And also my Facilia, which I've sown as a green manure, and I've been really impressed with how well this Facilia has been growing. That is also looking like it's been hit hard by a frost and cold. And it looks, basically, they both look very, very droopy, which is not ideal in a long way. Now, basically, due to the frozen soil, I couldn't do much outside. So I ended up just pulling out a few weeds, particularly in my area where I grow my autumn raspberries. I was planning actually to prune my autumn raspberries today, but uh, I've decided not to. I'm going to wait till next week when the weather's a bit warmer and I can have a better feeling of what I'm doing with my secateurs. But I've just pulled out a bit of the, the cooch grass in this area because we do suffer really badly with cooch grass. And, and it got quite high, probably about three foot high, and some of the grass has gone a bit straw-like. So I've pulled all that out as best as I can. Next week I will be looking at pruning the raspberries. And what I'm going to do this year is mulch these raspberries with grass. Tried it last year and it worked really well at reducing the amount of cooch grass I have in areas that I used a grass mulch. Now after that I came into my greenhouse that I'm in at the moment. With me today I brought down some cabbages that I've been growing at home but they've taken up a bit of space. They're going to go down the allotment anyway so I just figured Let's get them down here. So I brought those down here. They're sat inside this greenhouse for the time being. Eventually they'll go into a cold frame outside before being planted out. Just going to wait for them to get a little bit bigger before that happens. 
But what I've also noticed in this greenhouse, you may know I've been growing some overwintering peas in here and they've been really, really successful. In fact, we've been harvesting some pea pods from them. They're not really producing peas, but certainly pea pods like sugar snap peas. They've been doing that really quite well. Well, I think the cold has affected them because they are also looking a bit droopy. But I've also noticed the soil, the composter inside the pot, basically that has dried out. Although it's been cold, we haven't really had much rain, although the great rain doesn't really affect on the inside. But what we get is this sun shining throughout the day, which warms up the greenhouse. And of course, unless you're in here regularly and watering, it will dry things out, which is my mistake. I should have really watered things here last week when I came down and I didn't. So I took my watering cans over to our water trough, but the water trough is frozen. It's a huge load of ice. Managed to break through the ice and just fill up my four watering cans with water, which I've placed inside this greenhouse in order to warm up. And then what I'll do is pop down here a bit later. Once those watering cans has warmed up and then I'll just pour a watering can full into that pot of peas in order to get them some water. But the other three watering cans, in fact, I'll fill the other one up when I'm finished as well. They will sit in here from now on, always full of water, just to warm up the water. So it's the same temperature as what we can expect in the greenhouse. And I'll carry that on right throughout the year. I should have done it. I should have done this anyway, but I kind of forgot and didn't get around to it. So yes, that sums up what I've been up to today down on the allotment. I'm going to head home now and get some lunch. Let me know what you've been doing on your allotment too. It's Sunday the 14th of February 2021 today. It's Valentine's Day and I've just done my live show, funnily enough, and I've been discussing why do we love gardening. Interesting question. If anybody has got a thought on why they love gardening, then please do let me know. But forgetting that, what have I been up to today? Well, much warmer day today compared to the last few days, which was really quite a pleasure. We also had rain. Now, that brings me on nicely to something that I've managed to finally check out and test. You may recall a few weeks ago I, I said I have popped guttering on the side of my shed in order to catch some rainwater. Well that with the rain today finally managed to test that and just see how much rain we were getting into my rainwater button. More importantly if the guttering was installed correctly. Now now, because the guttering's on the back of a shed, it was quite difficult to pull it up and I didn't get a spirit level. Stupid mistake because the water didn't run the way I wanted it to. It ran the opposite way. A quick adjustment with a drill soon sorted it out and it's got the water running into my water butt. I can hear it filling up quite nicely and I reckon it's not going to take long before we've got that water butt entirely full. I followed it up with, I came into my little podding shed where the podding shed is basically becoming my base of my garden, my base of operations. Somewhere where I really just like coming in and, and spending a few hours potting on seeds and, and sowing seeds, which is really what it's about. Uh, in here, I had a collection of cauliflower seedlings, which all needed to be potted on into their own individual trays or root trainers as I use. Now that, that's 
a job that took quite a while because I sowed a lot of cauliflower seeds and I mean a lot. Basically I'm in this mood at the moment I'm just trying to use up seeds as much as I possibly can and any excess I can give away or do something with as opposed to wasting them. So I've pricked out and potted on lots and lots of cauliflowers into their own individual trays. They will sit in here for the time being and just wait for them to grow a little bit stronger. I followed that up with sowing some seeds and I've sown some sweet peppers, some more sweet peppers. I've got quite a collection of sweet peppers at the moment in, in seed form. And I've sown some cabbage, a variety called Greyhound, which should hopefully provide us with some summer cabbages which is again what I'm really really after. Now I, I'm noticing in here that my shelf is getting rather rather full. I've got a lot of tarragon plants, a lot of marjoram plants and, and so on. So what I did was I stuck a couple of my tarragon plants out in the greenhouse just to see how they get on. They're what I call a sacrificial plant. If they die, it doesn't really matter. And I don't think they will die, but there's a chance it might because it is still quite cold out there. Although that might soon warm up pretty soon. But ultimately, if they survive, I will move all my tarragon plants outside into the greenhouse, which will free up a bit more room in here. I can't believe I'm saying I'm running out of room already, but this is what happens when you get so excited about sowing seeds and growing plants. Uh, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's a phrase I seem to be using a lot. But yeah, I can't really say much more on that. I've just got to hope I can try and make a bit more room. Right, but that's what I've been up to today. Now I think tomorrow I should be finishing work pretty early. So I think I'm going to get a bit more done. It is Monday the 15th of February 2021 today. I'm at home, managed to finish work quite early today and I'm really quite grateful for it because the weather's warm. Okay, it was a bit rainy, but by the time I got home, it had dried. So what have I done? Well, first of all, I went into the greenhouse to check on the tarragon plants that I moved out here yesterday. Unfortunately, it was too cold for them and they have died quite quite rapidly it's surprising they've literally just disappeared to nothing so surprising how quickly they have died back and and destroyed which is my own fault i did put them in the greenhouse i did think it might be a bit too cold luckily i only put about four plants out there and i've still got another 20 in the shed and i think i've said many times what i like to do is add a couple of plants that are sacrificial doesn't matter if they die i've still got more to back up so yeah it paid off in this chance because these four did not die now one thing i probably did do with these is i put them on the floor of the greenhouse and that was probably a bit too cold so what i've done instead i've gone and got another couple of tarragon plants from a shed and i've put them in the greenhouse but higher up on top of the water butt now this might work it might be okay we shall see it might just be a, a little fluke but we'll see we'll see i'm just trying to make a bit more room in my potting shed now on that note in my potting shed i had several trays of cauliflowers way way too many cauliflower plants if i'm honest i think i only potted these up yesterday but i thought i'm gonna try something so i've just slid one tray of cauliflowers also out into the greenhouse again as this sacrificial uh, risk 
If they die, they die, and I, I don't mind that too much. Now after that I went and pricked out a load of onion seedlings. Now, these are a variety called Elisa Craig, sown on the 14th of January, and they were all in one pot and they just needed pricking out. Now I've popped into two of my root trainer trays. Now I was hoping to put all of them into root trainer trays, but I've realised I've run out. So I put a few of the other seedlings into some of my square plots. We'll see how they get on actually because I'm interested to see if they will grow better in square pots or whether the root trainers really make that much of a difference. Now I like my root trainers, they're made by Hacknicks and I like them a lot because they're reusable and they seem to do quite a good job. But they are quite expensive to buy I believe, I think they're about £10 plus you use a lot of compost to fill them up. I'm waiting to see if it really does make any difference using those or not. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on that and um, it'll be a good experiment to see going forward. Now after that I went back into my greenhouse and I filled up a potato pot and I've planted into that pot in the greenhouse a couple of home guard potatoes. Now I usually do grow home guard potatoes quite early in the greenhouse just to get an early start so figured I'll do it now and in fact I would say this is actually quite late for me but don't mind don't mind because I do want to get some early potatoes going and in fact in a couple of weeks time it will be time to start sowing our potatoes anyway but we'll come to that on a, a later podcast. Right, well that's it for this week's diary section. Lots going on. So we're going to be chatting to Ellen in just a second. But firstly, we're going to run through one of my commercial breaks. A few months ago, I launched the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. Each month, I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind-the-scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly, it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now, if that sounds like something you are interested in joining, then head over to the vegcrowdpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member, we also have merchandise available on the website, including mugs and t-shirts. Or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others. It all goes a long way to help supporting the VegGround podcast. Well, I'm back in the podding shed this evening and I'm in here just sowing a few seeds. In a moment, we're going to be chatting to Ellen. But firstly, I am just going to mention that, yes, tonight I'm sowing some celeriac and basil. Just as a way of getting ahead of myself, getting a few more plants on the go and basically using up a lot of the seeds that I have. But I've had a, a few communications with some people who are worried they are behind with their seed sowing. And I want to say don't worry. Don't worry at all. There's still plenty of time to sow a lot of these seeds. And in fact, many people, including myself, are probably sowing these seeds a little bit early. 
Now, for myself, I do it early because it, it works out better for me. It gives me a bit more time. Plus, I have heated propagators and grow lights, so I can get away with it. But for the average gardener, it's probably not the case that you can sow seeds now and get away with it. So don't panic is all I want to say. Now, we, I chatted to Ellen just the other day. She's recently brought out a well-being studio onto her website, which we'll discuss in just a moment. But I, for one have found gardening to really help my mental health. It's been a, a real pleasure for me over the years to, to indulge myself in gardening. And recently we know that there's been things going on that have affected people's mental health, to say the least. And gardening is repeatedly coming out as something that people have found to really help. So Ellen got together with a group of people and created the Wellbeing Studio. Now Ellen has to be one of my favourite gardening people. So it's always a pleasure to chat to her. I'm good, thanks. That's very nice. One of your favourite gardening people. Hooray! <laughs> you're always smiling. That's what I like, is that you're always smiling, always bubbly. Not always. Oh, <laughs> my husband will tell you not always. <laughs> yeah, well, every time I see you, then anyway. <laughs> yeah, generally, ninety percent of the time, for sure. <laughs> so, so. Now, I don't think we've ever had you on your on my podcast on your own before. I think you've been on with Lee, or uh, I've had you do a little segment once, and I think it's going to be a good chance just to find out a bit about your background and what made you get into gardening. Oh, well, I've, I always tell a story about when I was a kid being, uh, I used to sit down at the end of our garden on the step to my dad's shed and uh, out the front he used to grow all his own vegetables. So I used to pick the peas out of the pods and I used to love gooseberries and I'm talking about really little here. <laughs> so we had the, you know, I always had that kind of nature fix on a daily basis. But I was always told I wasn't allowed in the sheds. And I always used to kind of think it was magical. They were like, oh, you know, it's a grown-up shed. You know, children can't go in the shed. And I always used to just think that was because fairies lived there or they lived under the shed or something, you know, when I was very little. And uh, I later found out it was because my dad was brewing beer. So <laughs> that's why I wasn't allowed in the shed. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my uncle had a, a, a long... A uh, very lovely kitchen garden. Had an old council house with a really, you know, one of the really long gardens with the low fences where everyone chatted with their neighbours. And um, the front was laid to lawn and the back was an organic vegetable patch. And he used to just send me down there. I used to help him out, you know, to grow his vegetables and pick caterpillars off the cabbages. And he had an old kind of ramshackle greenhouse um, full of tomatoes. And I could still smell them, you know, when I smell tomatoes, that's the smell. So, yeah, I've kind of always been gardening, really, right from when I was really little. And I didn't always work in gardening. I ended up working in HR because my careers teacher, you know, when you're 15, you don't really know much better. But my careers teacher um, didn't exactly embrace the fact I liked plants. And I ended up working in HR. But uh, I was still gardening. And then when I realized horticulture was such a massive industry, as I got older, I took my RHS qualifications part time. And then left my HR job and I've been working in gardening ever since. And you haven't looked back since, I take it, either? No, absolutely not. And sometimes people say, oh, do you regret not getting into it until later? Partially, I could say, yes, I wish I got into it when I was 18 or whenever. But equally, I think working in HR was particularly good for kind of 
just getting to understand people and psychology and you know how to deal with situations and I've been able to bring that into what I do in gardening now so no I don't regret it because I think everything you do in life happens for a reason you know and you just have you make the most of it don't you so yeah I, I don't regret coming into horticulture now definitely not. On the, the gardening scene, you are known as the gardening for well-being person. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, I guess, gardening for well-being? Well, it's kind of, it's when we garden, we're always actually looking after our well-being. Even if our back is aching and our knees are sore, we are looking after our well-being physically and mentally. But when you're specifically gardening for well-being, you're actually going outside to garden with the intention of help improving your life in some way so you know it could be that you uh, have some mental health issues perhaps you have anxiety or depression or stress or perhaps you have a physical illness or disability and gardening can also help with that so it's gardening for well-being is actually looking at ways that you can specifically help like health issues uh, for yourself and for other people and you know we do that all of the time that we garden but it's kind of going out with the intention of doing something specific to help yourself now i i really find that to be really quite interesting for me i think i've said to you i've suffered with mental health problems in the past uh which i won't get into today because i've said enough about it on the podcast before but my cousin who unfortunately committed suicide about three years ago he had uh, a a a problem that basically manifested itself as being quite physical towards the end of it and the one thing that he absolutely enjoyed he couldn't work but he absolutely loved going into his garden and it was the only Mm. thing i think that kept him sane yeah Uh, that that's 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 exactly what gardening does even if it's for that period of time that you're in the garden it gives you focus and um, it takes you away from kind of the thoughts that you're having in your head and the white noise that's going on around you. Um, but it's what you do with what you've learned in the garden, taking it back into your everyday life. That's the important link. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you've taken this this whole Garden for Wellbeing up to the next level now and launched a Garden for Wellbeing studio, which is what we're, we're here to really talk about and, and find out more about. So... What's going on with the Gardening for Wellbeing studio? I've been thinking for a while about how, you know, I often see amazing people like you, like other people who gardeners will know, like Kirsty Ward, who's a good friend now I've met through horticulture, which is amazing, who've got these really ama- inf- incredible stories, um, have, made, have suffered with mental health issues, or people who um, use their knowledge of gardening to help other people. So there's all these incredible people out there. Um, and I don't necessarily know that they all get seen or they all are um, appreciated enough for what they do and the knowledge and experience that they bring and the inspiration as well. So it was probably um, about a year ago I was thinking, how can I, I feel like I like promoting people who are involved with, with plants. And so I kept thinking, what can I do? And I was wondering if I should maybe have like a well-being studio online and then it's one of those things I kept thinking about and then not actually pushing the button so basically procrastinating which is it's become a massive thing in lockdown for me <laughs> 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 and, and um, 
And then the third lockdown came in the UK. And I thought, well, actually, now is a good time to do it. Let's just press the button. So because I've got my own website, I thought if I just put it on there first to see how it goes, so it'll be a section on there. And it's just, it's all about connecting with people who love plants. So I kept thinking about, mm, you know, what should I call it? And then I realized that I don't really have to call it anything. It is people, it's plants and it's well-being. So it's basically called people's people, plants, well-being. And it's inspirational stories from people who found gardening to help their mental or physical health. It is um, products, crafts to do with nature, art to do with nature and, and gardening and just lots of other stuff. But and we've got some studio sessions as well. So actual webinars where we can um, have a good conversation about gardening for well-being or people can um, provide tips and help all just in one place where if you're having a bad day or you want to, you know, find out what's going on in the world of well-being, that's where you can go to, to have a little look. And so it was a bit of a trial, and it's gone very well. And now, believe it or not, I've already run out of website space. So I'm having to actually go and sort out a new website for it. And it's only been running for a couple of weeks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so people obviously like um, plants and well-being. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh are you getting a lot of traffic to this website as well? Yeah, it, so it's gone up 400% on my website. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. 400%. Four, wow. 400%. And I and that's when I thought, oh, gosh, wow, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, it's great and amazing, but it's one of the reasons why I really need to kind of up the game with it now. So um, I think it's something, especially during lockdown, that's really important for people. You know, they recognise the well-being benefits of gardening and there's so many more people coming on board. So uh, it's obviously a popular thing and I hope it can carry on and expand, you know. Absolutely. I've, I, I've had quite a few emails from people who have, over the last few weeks, sort of said that gardening has really helped them cope with every lockdown we've gone through. Even as one, one of my listeners said... Just hoeing a bed is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of think that really sums up exactly what it means to go out in the garden and lose yourself in a job mm. and get that headspace. That's exactly what it's about. Like we are ter- we we society's made us think we should be multitasking all of the time. But actually multitasking is really bad for us. It's bad for our brains. It's bad for productivity. It's actually bad for motivation. And when you go into the garden, you can't really do two things at once. You know, you can't hoe and sow. You know, you can't dig and pot on. So you're doing one thing at a time and you're focused on that one task. And each task tends to be so satisfying because you can see what you've achieved. And um, it's great for just reducing, you know, any kind of stress and anxiety just because, well, for many reasons, but one being that you are literally focusing on one thing at a time. And that's something that we've lost in society. We think that we have to do like 10 things at a time. But um, no, gardening makes us, it brings us kind of back, you know, to doing one thing at a time and doing it properly. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of think modern society now has made it so there's less hours in a day in that we try and mm. fill the day with so much in days of past where we had where we took longer to do jobs but we seem to have more time yeah now something that always i always feel goes in hand in hand with with well-being and gardening is medicinal herbs mm-hmm. and i've been 
experimenting over the years with quite a few different medicinal herbs. I know this is something you're you're really into. In fact, I think I contacted you once for some advice once. I think you did as well. Uh, Yeah, I can kind of remember it. Uh, But something I took away a few years ago, I suffer really badly with headaches. So I started growing feverfew and adding that to some butters. And it's really helped my headache with my headaches. Now, that is something that can easily be done in any garden in there well even a even a uh, balcony or a um oh, windowsill that's a, the word i'm looking on for. a windowsill yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, say anybody or do you have any ideas on what herbs would be a good place to start for this med- a medicinal type garden well like firstly i'm like glad you brought up herbs because if there's any kind of group of plants that anyone can grow at any point anywhere for well-being it has to be herbs you know they are top of the list or even just for a smallest kitchen garden herbs top of the list yeah. <laughs> herbs if 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 you want to garden in any way herbs are the thing to go with and if you have a garden and don't have herbs you're crazy <laughs> because herbs have to be the number one uh, plant to grow basically so I think when you start off with herbs, sowing herb seeds is wonderful because you're getting all of that well-being um, kind of, you know, the whole process of nurturing a plant. But if you just want to start out and actually buy plug plants or buy small plants to begin with, that that gives you kind of that immediate impact, you know, where you can use them straight away. Um, I would definitely say if you are on a windowsill, you're always think about the herbs that you're likely to use so if you don't like coriander don't be growing coriander because you can buy it in a pot in the supermarket that probably won't last anyway that's another thing we'll talk a touch on that in a second think about the herbs that you use in cooking or herbs that you can use medicinally so you said about fever few which takes over the garden doesn't it but it is totally amazing it I love the little white flowers on it, and you can grow it in pots as well. If you want to grow on a windowsill, I would go with things like, um, I love basil. I find it really hard to grow but for some reason, but I love basil. So that's one that I always have. I churn it out quite a lot as well. And I would, if you're outside, I would be going with lavender, which is great for headaches as well, because that's just super easy to grow. If you want to, um, you know, uh, oh, what was the one I was using? The chamomile is absolutely magical. It is one of the best. I love Vietnamese coriander. It's actually super, super, super easy to grow, and people think that it's not. So the thing with herbs is there's like a million. So you have to think about what you would use in your cooking and what you would use it for medicinally, and then you know go from there it's very easy for me to say i think you should grow parsley basil you know and coriander the the staples or chives chives are super easy as well but you have to think about what it's going to do for you personally you know will you use it um and then just give it a go and most herbs are gonna grow on a nice sunny windowsill or in a pot on a patio or on a balcony anyway mint obviously is one of the easiest to grow you can't kill mint or lemon balm which is the same in its habit so you know either of those are great and you can then just simply pick the leaves and pop them in a glass of water with ice and you're getting all of the benefits of them and lovely flavor as well and they will just continue to grow (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah 
one of the hardest things I've ever known to kill, mint and lemon balm. Yeah, once you've got one, you're, you're always going to have one. So yeah. <laughs> But there's other plants that we use like medicinally that aren't, you know, we don't look at them as herbs, but there's things like calendula, which is an amazing plant to grow outside. And once you've got calendula, if you let it go to seed, you're going to have calendula forever and ever more. So known as the pot marigold. And that's an incredible medicinal plant, echinacea. You know, that's almost like nature's antibiotic. So, you know, it's not just the green herbs we see in supermarkets, is it? It's all wonderful flowers that we grow in borders that are actually medicinally beneficial too. Absolutely, absolutely. And I always think, you mentioned calendula. You know, calendula is actually edible as well. Mm -hmm. And I always feel that incorporating a medicinal uh, a medicinal plant, fever few is another good example. I incorporate that into my diet and it, it's really helped sort out my headache problems. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. And I know lots of people are quite skeptical. Does it really work? Well, it, different herbs will work for different people, but generally they work in the same way. And, you know, like you said about fever view, but some of the edible flowers are incredibly nutritious and full of vitamins and minerals and anti-inflammatory, antibacterial. Um, many have antioxidants, you know. So I think one way of starting to use plants medicinally for well-being is to look at what you've already got in the garden. Because I think there's, there's a great deal of edible beneficial plants that we that people don't even realize are great for them that they're already growing in the garden you know so I think always look outside see what you've already got and then uh, have a good research and see what's what you can use you know to eat too you know like things like fuchsias are edible every yeah. single type of fuchsia is edible and you can't imagine it can you, you kind of look at it and think how can how can you eat one of those but it's edible and it has nutrition too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dahlias as well. They're another one that yeah. are incredibly edible. Very tasty. They're just not very well known as being edible anymore. Yeah, that's right. And um, begonias as well. I don't mm. know if all of them are, but are they all? I'm not sure, but some begonias definitely are. Um, and, the, you know, and, and they do provide health benefits too. So, obviously, they vary according to which uh, species. But, you know, even some weeds what we would class as weeds, things like um, red dead nettle, that's incredibly nutritious. It's full of goodness. Dandelion, it's like the powerhouse plant, <laughs> full of vitamins and minerals. And um, anytime I see anyone spraying weed killer or trying to get rid of dandelion, I'm like, no, don't do it. The bees love it and your body will thank you for it too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that... that, that talking about nutrition that brings me on to something quite i feel is so important about grow your own is the fact that we are growing our own healthy nutritious food on a, a regular basis and i feel it's so much more healthy and nutritious than anything that you can buy from a supermarket and what what i feel we've learned over the recent times is that we all need to look after our ourselves mentally and physically a lot better than what we have done in just running down a supermarket and buying a ready-made meal. That's where I feel also gardening for well-being is it comes into place as well because growing a nutritious food to eat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like taking a holistic approach, isn't it, to, to your life with plants because 
it, you know, you can use them medicinally. If you grow them, you are likely to be eating more plants in your diet, which we know is good for us. And you're outside getting the fresh air, you're focusing on gardening, you're doing all the good things for yourself mentally and physically. And you're not, like you said, running to the supermarket to buy fruit and vegetables that have been shipped in from overseas that um, may not be organic or you don't know exactly where they've been or how they've been grown. And um, and it's expensive, you know, so it's 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 cheaper and it's more healthy to grow your own food or at least some of it, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you mentioned before we start recording, you have a book coming out soon. Yeah, so I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the cover release and pre-order is uh, from Thursday, the 11th of February. And um, it is, of course, about gardening and well-being. It's what I would describe as a, a light book about gardening. So it's it's practical, um, fairly light tips about what you can do. But the point of it is about using gardening holistically to help your well-being. So there's kind of well-being activities in there for when you're gardening. And perhaps um, you can, while you're gardening, it's remembering how important it is when you're outside and you're just digging you're like oh, I've got to dig all of this this is so much hard work and you're doing it you're still reaping all of the rewards of it but it's about reminding you that that isn't a mundane task that isn't just something that you've got to do it's actually something that's really good for you so it's kind of trying to help you put your head in a different space about gardening just to remind you of what you can do to make it good for your own well-being um, and then so pre-order from the 11th and then releases in May Wow. So are you excited about getting your book out there? I am, yeah. I wrote it. And then, of course, in publishing, there's always a massive gap between you, when you finish writing a book and then when anything actually happens. So it kind of went away and I forgot being excited about it. And then the publisher sent me like an animation to put on socials for when we release it. And then I got really excited and a bit nervous because you know, you're putting yourself out there with a book, aren't you? You know, it's your word, it's your words, it's your writing. And so, yeah, I just hope people like it. It's colourful, as you might expect. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, I will, when it goes on to pre-order, I will be pre-ordering myself a copy. So uh, oh, you've got at least you. one sale, I'll put it like one that. One sale, <laughs> yay! <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to find out more about you or find out about your plants, your plants for well-being website where do they go to so on the on my website is ellenmarygardening.co.uk and then just hit well-being studio when you get there and that will take you into all of the information um, and i'm all over social media so ellen mary gardening on just about every platform going <laughs> <laughs> i will of course add links into the blog post if anybody wants to find that out ellen thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat to us today and good luck with the book Well, I hope you found that interesting. I always love chatting to Ellen. She's by far one of my favourite gardening people, I said at the beginning. But also, she's such a well-meaning, lovely person. So yeah, please do go check out her website and show a little bit of support. Well, that's it for this week. I have finished sowing my seeds. I've got everything set up. It's time to go in, put my feet up by the fire, 
and enjoy the evening. What have you been up to in your garden? Or how has your garden helped you with your well-being? Let me know. I'd be really pleased to find out. You can email me, richard at vegetablegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Leave a comment on the blog at vegetablegrowerpodcast.co.uk, or you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. Until next time, please take care.